Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. You can be seated. Um, you know, as I was this morning at eight o'clock, I was here. I get here a little early, and eight o'clock they start the sound check, and then we're running through that song again. And I had seen it several times this week because it was again used the other night, and uh, it was just beautiful. And this morning, it just this scripture rose up in my heart as Anna was, uh, you know, dancing before the Lord and just sharing that gift, and and the words were being sung. That in Proverbs thirty-one, this is for all you ladies. Proverbs 31, New Living Translation says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. I love that, especially that phrase, she laughs without fear of the future. How can you laugh without fear of the future? Because you know that your future is in the hands of your God. The one who has as the author of that song describes a reckless love, a, a, a love that will find you anywhere, anytime, in any circumstance, in any situation, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, his love is always there for you and seeking you out. Therefore, we have no fear of tomorrow. God is a good and faithful God. So ladies, that was on my heart for all of you. Blessings to you. And as a gift on your way out to all the ladies, want to let you know that we have, what do you give everybody here? What do you, how, do you, how do you do that? And so just for all the ladies today on your way out, we just thought we couldn't go wrong with chocolate. So you get a chocolate bar on your way out, ladies, and, and just men leave the chocolate alone, okay? Security will be stationed there to take you down, okay? Just, just saying. And ladies, I know as moms do, moms just want to share. And so you can, you know, if you want, you want to share, I just rebuke that. That's your chocolate bar. You keep it for yourself. Those kids will get a chocolate the next day, right? Whatever that is. And you guys just enjoy that. And don't worry, don't feel bad for it. So anyways, enjoy that today. And so again, I just uh, really excited about bringing a message today, you know, as we're in our series. And so we're finishing up our series this morning. Go ahead and get your Bibles out. Let's go ahead and, and wrap that up. Acts 19 is uh, the last installment today. We're, we're really talking about the, the refreshing of, of the breath of God. And uh, I saved this message knowing kind of where I was going when I started the series uh, for today, knowing that it was Mother's Day. And I really want to just, moms, I want you to open up your heart today. Uh, if you serve in any capacity with that gifting, that nurturing, that calling of God, and whatever that looks like specifically, it may not be a, that, that role that we equate it to biologically or whatever that looks like. But uh, can I just say this to all the ladies, at some point in time in your life, you are all to be spiritual moms. And because the Bible talks about the older reaching down and investing in the younger, and that's really a, a motherly thing, a spiritual mom investing into the younger ladies here. And so I just want to encourage you, all of you, just open up your hearts because I believe God wants to refresh you today through this word. But for all of us, we're wrapping up this series by taking a look at the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we did that last week. I kind of introduced him to you and laid the foundation for that the Holy Spirit is a he. He is the third part of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's the one that we know the least about, that we talk about. About the least we feel the least comfortable with. We'll talk about that in just a moment, kind of some of the reasons why. But he is just as significant as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. And so uh, we're taking a look in this series of what does it mean to be saved? What, is, what does that look like for you and I? After we give our heart to Jesus, what are the expectations? What are the things we see in Scripture? What's the complete picture? And you can't talk about that without bringing the Holy Spirit into it because he's just as much a part as the other, other two, three together, three in one, the Trinity, the Godhead, however you would say that. And so we talked a little bit last week that just he, he is a he. And the reason why that was so important is because a lot of us equate it. We have a misunderstanding. It's taught that he's an it, and it's because of the wording. 
God the Father, we understand that, God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit, there's this spirit, this force out there, but he's a he, and the Bible all throughout the scripture never refers to him as a it, but a he, and so we tend not to embrace or have relationship, if you will, with things that are not he or people, they're, they're it, so therefore, sometimes we just don't relate as we should or could, and so I wanted to take last week, and you can go back and watch it again, and just continue to reinforce the idea that the Holy Spirit is a he, and just as much important part of your life as the other two components, and so today I want to talk about the nature of the Holy Spirit. And so, in Acts 19, what you see is you see the beginnings of the church, and uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament, we call them the Gospels, they're really the life of Jesus. They're from his birth, to his life as he lived, to his um, uh, crucifixion, then his death, burial, and resurrection. And then you get into the fifth book of the New Testament, and that's the book of Acts, and that is the beginning of the church, or the New Testament church. It's kind of a historical account, but also it reveals to us not only the mission of the church, but how the church is to fulfill its mission. So in Acts, you see the beginning of the New Testament church, and you see the beginning of the interaction with the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus established, God established the church on the earth, he did it in partnership with the Holy Spirit? Today, unfortunately, over time, man, because of misunderstanding or want to pick and choose from the scripture, has decided to try and separate that some. Can I tell you, that's not what God ever intended. God wrote it right the first time. And so he has written everything that he intended to have in the scripture there. Uh, man doesn't need to add to it. Man doesn't need to take away from it. And so God wrote it right the first time. It is timeless. And so we look at the book of Acts as a historical view of the early church, the New Testament church, and it is in relationship with the Holy Spirit. So it starts with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 19, the church has been going on for a little while, and they're really trying to encourage and engage the church, not just in, in the establishment of the church, but in the relationship with the Holy Spirit. So Take a look at Acts 19, verses 1 and 2. It says this, while Apollos was at Corinth, there was a church at Corinth that Paul established, and that's where we get the book of Corinthians. Paul does write a few uh, letters there. So Apollos went to Corinth. Paul took a different route. His road took him through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, where the book of Ephesians comes from. It's a letter to Ephesus, the church there. There he found some disciples or some Christ followers and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, and I think that's the question today. Did you, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you know of the Holy Spirit? And he asked this question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And I think that's sad today that there's people going through church, you're going to heaven, you're going to go to heaven, and you're going to love Jesus in heaven for all eternity, but you haven't experienced the person of the Holy Spirit in your life on the planet as God intended. And so they're going through and connecting people, not just to the local church, if you will, they're connecting people to the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Like, hey, this is a great experience of knowing Jesus and going to heaven one day and getting involved with a group of believers, but I just want to make sure that you also know about the Holy Spirit here because it's just as important to have that relationship as the other. And so I say that today. I think people are still asking that question, who's the Holy Spirit? And partly why, because some just don't, they're afraid of it. It's been misrepresented, it's been mistaught, it's been abused, and, and we draw our picture of the Holy Spirit, not necessarily based on our own experiences as much as what I believe, we base it on other people's experiences. Because in my discussion with people on the Holy Spirit, almost 99% of the time when I'm talking to somebody about the Holy Spirit, they're talking to me about things that somebody told them or they saw somebody else do. It's not, a, it's not something that they've studied or researched for themselves. Because can I tell you, it's very clear in Scripture 
about the importance of the relationship with the Holy Spirit, and yes, he is for today, and it, and it also uh, bears that out in scripture as well. So we're gonna take a look at the nature of the Holy Spirit, and I, I wanna do this because I want you to feel comfortable with him, not afraid of him. I don't, I don't want you to misunderstand him, I want you to embrace him, and the beautiful relationship that comes from knowing personally, intimately, the Holy Spirit. So people get confused and afraid, again, based on other things and what the Bible says. Uh, people think that if I get involved with, the Holy, with him, uh, um, I have to do some weird stuff. We said this last week, and I grew up in the 80s. I graduated high school in 86. My family came in 81, where my parents started the church, and so I was 13, and before that, we belonged to a spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, probably a holy, holy role in church. Can I tell you? As a, as a middle schooler, there was some crazy stuff going on there, and we thought my dad had lost his mind and brought us to a cult. Dear Lord, Mom, can you do something about Dad? He keeps bringing back to this. They had the joy bucket, right? I mean, they had the joy bucket. He wants some more joy and all that kind of stuff. And, and not to make fun of all that stuff, but we've seen it. Those of you know I'm talking about going to church in the early 80s, right? Come on, you know all that stuff. And it's like, I, I totally get that, respect all that, but that's not a clear picture of who the Holy Spirit is. And because of that, a lot of us form opinions and get ideas based on that. I mean, just as a kid and here and going to high school and things and knowing about other Holy Spirit churches, I knew how my dad taught it, how he saw it in the Word, but, but it's easy to understand how people don't want to deal with the Holy Spirit. They don't want a relationship because there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding. I, I want us to be super comfortable with Him because we all need a deep, intimate relationship with Him. So uh, last week and this week, I want to show you how important that is. So let's talk about His nature. To understand His nature, we need to understand uh, the name Holy Spirit. It gets translated a couple different ways, and really, the name brings a little confusion in of itself. The Holy Spirit, come on, what is that? And you'll see this in the Scripture as well, the Holy Ghost. It's like, I don't want a relationship with a ghost. I mean, that's just whatever that is. And again, we look at some mystical power and therefore we keep usually that at a distance. And really the truth is that just isn't the best translation of the word. Now understand the translators, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written primarily in Greek. There's some Aramaic in there. And so they're taking these words, then the English translators from the original language and trying to translate spirit from the Old Testament from Hebrew, or, or spirit or ghost, or spirit and ghost from the New Testament or Greek. And they're not really sometimes finding just the right word. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I know that like when I go to Mexico and I'll be going here shortly with some of the guys, we're doing a conference and we're doing the Rhema graduation and we're doing the Sunday service. And I know when I go down there and speak and my translator, bless his heart, because I, I talk a little fast, they're trying to keep up. And, and then when I go to India and then they're trying to do that in Hindi and sometimes the word just doesn't translate. And they'll ask me for another word or, or how, how do you really want to say that differently? It's the same thing. There's a dilemma in some of the things in Scripture and the translation process, and this is one of those where spirit and ghost didn't really capture the meaning of the word. Now, you see it all throughout Scripture. 800 times in the Bible, the word Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost is used. And so you're looking at it in two languages. Again, the Old Testament and the Hebrew. So the Old Testament Hebrew word for spirit or ghost is ruach. R-U-W-A-C-H. And I'm not pronouncing it right, but I do know it's a harsh ending. So it's like ruach. It's like I got something stuck in the back of my throat. I got to clear it out. It's just that kind of harsh ruach. And the Old Testament, when you see spirit or ghost, it's the word ruach. Now listen to what that says. Here's the definition. A wind, breath, a violent exhalation, a blast of breath. A wind or a blast of breath. And the word is used in the second verse in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, the story of creation. Genesis 1. Verse two says this, now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit, or the ruach 
of God, the breath of God was hovering over the waters. The breath of God was hovering over the waters because it's the Ruach, the breath of God, that had the power then to create. And so God would speak and the breath of God would form and create. Read the rest of the creation story. It's the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach of God that has power, that had power. Now in the New Testament, you're getting a little bit of a Bible lesson here. In the New Testament, it's Greek, and the word ghost or spirit in the New Testament now is pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma, and that is a current of air, a blast of breath, or a strong breeze. None of that really captures what we think Holy Spirit, but they didn't have the word to really make that come alive, but those are the original languages. And so you can understand the dilemma the translators were in. This is God. We're not going to call God, uh, call him God the breath, right? The, the, God the Father, God the Son, and God the air, or God the breath of air. And so they tried to find a word that they thought would fit. Take a look in the New Testament, uh, the words of Jesus in John 6, 63. Here's what he said. The Spirit, so that's the pneuma, New Testament, Greek, the Spirit, the breath of God gives life. God breathes life into our life. He breathes life into, that's why I say, come and breathe here. What are we asking God? Come and breathe life into my life right now. Come and breathe life into my situation that has the power to create. So the spirit or the pneuma, the Holy Spirit gives life. The breath of God gives life. I love that. That's the picture there. The Holy Spirit gives life. The breath of God gives life. There's a breath, a wind that, that brings life to you and, and meaning that the words that the scripture, the words that God spoke bring life, had the ability to bring life, their breath. And they continue to have power, amen? That's why our Christianity should be alive. That's why Christians should never be the saddest, maddest looking people on the planet. That's why we shouldn't walk around boring and stale and nobody wants the life we have when we have the breath of life in us. When God breathes his life in us. Refreshing win. People should want that. We don't just go through the motion. We just don't come to church and we go routine or in our regular life, but we're alive because of the breath of God. So now we can understand the Holy Spirit, this ruach and this pneuma, this blast of wind. And so let's look at characteristics because the Bible and the original languages really speak to it as a, as a, as a blast of wind, as a, as a breath. And so I, I believe that we can look at the characteristics of wind and therefore we can get some characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I think it's important to parallel them because I want us to understand him better because the better we understand him, the more comfortable we are with him and the more we'll have intimate relationship with him. And so let's just take a look. Uh, I want us not to be afraid of him or stay away from him, but to be desperate for him, to want him in our life. So four characteristics of wind or Holy Spirit. First one is this, wind is unseen, right? You know, you don't see the wind. You look out the window and say it's windy or you get a wind advisory, right? It's a wind advisory today. We should have those before you come to church. Just want to let you know there's a wind advisory today when you come to church. So, so wind is unseen and we, we come out of a, a hot place and we go outside and, oh, that breeze feels good. It, it just feels good. And, and, and we don't see it and stuff, but we, we understand how it feels, how it makes us feel. And so there are times when you walk outside and you feel the wind and that just feels good. The wind outside. And, and no one's freaking out when you say that. Because everybody else is feeling what you're feeling. Yeah, I just walked outside too. I'm feeling the same thing. But what about when you're inside? What about ladies when you left Friday night? What about this morning when you're in here in this time of worship and praise? And, and what about when you just look over at someone and say, man, that just feels good. And, and you're talking about the experience you just had with God. And here's what's funny about that. The other person may not have felt it. 
what feels good? What are you talking about? And they might start kind of moving away from you a little bit. I don't know what's happening to that guy, but he's feeling something. I don't know what he's feeling. But you know, the truth of that is the Spirit of God. Amen. You feel it. You feel the presence of God. Amen. We want you to feel the presence of God because God is to be experienced. Right? God, God, God's to be felt. And so we experience it. We don't, you don't necessarily see him moving and working per se in here, but you feel him. You feel his presence. And that's why our, 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 our prayer is, our prayer every week, you can ask the staff, every time I pray, our prayer is almost every time is this. We pray that people don't walk away here and just saying from church on Sunday saying, man, what a great message that was or, or what a great uh, time in worship and praise that was. Our prayer is that you walk away having felt the presence of God. Our prayer is that you walk away despite what's said up here, despite what's saying up here, you walk away and you don't say, what a great message, what a great song, what a great God. And then you go to work the next day on Monday and you go to work and people ask you, hey, hey, did you go to church this weekend? Yeah, I went to my church and well, how was it? I mean, how was it? What did the preacher speak about? And can I just tell you, you're not gonna hurt my feelings if you say, you know, I don't remember. Because you know, sometimes I can't even remember what I talked about the next day. I just, but go back to your notes. So you're taking notes so you can go back and refer to them. But here's what, I don't know what he talked about, but you know, man, it felt awesome to be there. I don't know exactly what he preached on. I'll look it up again, but it felt great. It just, I don't know what to say to you, but it just made me feel warm. It just made me feel good. It just made me feel love. It just made me feel special. I don't know what he spoke per se, but I, can I tell you, there's just something about that place that I just felt when I was there. That's the, that's the presence of God. That's the breath of God. That's the wind of God. Moms, today we want you not to leave just saying that you came to a Mother's Day service and got a chocolate bar. We want you to leave today, Mom, feeling like you felt the breath of God. That in all your weariness, the things that you do for your family, the things that you do for other people that you may never get a thank you on this planet. The thing that, that go unnoticed, the tears that you cry, the prayers that you pray, the work you've done when everybody else is asleep, our prayer is that you leave this place full of the breath of God, that he breathes his breath into your life today. So enjoy the chocolate bar and don't share it. But breathe in deeply the breath of God that wants to refresh your life today is he is here to breathe life into you. John 14, 16 through 17 says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, helper, depending on your translation, to help you and be with you forever. Listen to verse 17. The spirit, the, the pneuma, the breath of God's truth, the world cannot accept him, so they're gonna laugh at you and they're gonna make fun of you because they don't understand him. The world cannot accept them because it neither sees him nor knows him. So just expect some pushback from people that don't know any better. And how could they? Because they don't have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit operating in them. And people have a hard time believing what they cannot see. But we believe by faith through the Lord of God. That we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit working in us. Amen. God the Holy Spirit breathing his life into you and I, but you know him for he lives in you and he will be with you. He will be with you and he is in you. Jesus' conversation at the Last Supper before he goes to the cross, he's saying, I'm, I'm going away, but I'm leaving another to be, we, with, be with you. You'll never be alone. Most people are only acceptable of with what they can see or understand. 
And so, can I tell you then, there's an unseen nature of God. There's a ruach. There's a pneuma. There's a presence of the breath of God, the wind of God. You can't see him either, but you know he's there. You know that he's in you, and you know that he's with you. And honestly, that's why a lot of you come. Let's just be honest, because I know better. I know better, and I'm okay. I've wrestled with this in the past, but I'm okay. I'm secure. I'm all right. I know that not, not all of you come back because of the amazing messages I preach every week. I know that. I'm okay with that. I know that all, most of you come back because of the presence of God, that when I walk into that place, dry and weary, that I just feel lifted up. You know who that is? That's the Holy Spirit. You know what that is? That's the pneuma. You know what that is? That's the ruach. That is the breath of God. Oh yes, and I believe that every time we put a gift up here in the pulpit, they're gonna give you the word of God. They're gonna give you a word in season. I believe every time our worship team comes up here and ministers using their gift, they're gonna, they're gonna help bring the anointing in this place. But can I tell you what keeps me coming back week after week, day after day, is the presence of God. We want people to feel the presence of God. Can I tell you, you can go to places all over this that go, will give you better messages than I do. There's people that speak way better than I do. They use more proper grammar, right? They use more proper grammar, right? They, they don't combine words. Their tongue doesn't go fast. They don't forget their place. They don't put the wrong scripture on the screen because it gave the guys the wrong. I totally get it. There's more polished speakers all over the place. But it's not about that. It's the presence of God that changes our lives. It's the Ruach, it's the Numa, it's what the Holy Spirit does in your life and mine that keeps us coming back again and again and again. Because we're different, we're changed because it breathes life into our life. People don't come back for an institution, they don't come back for an organization, they come back for the presence of God. And oh, by the way, that's available to you any day of the week. Because he is with you and in you, the Bible says. Not just here on Sundays. Okay, parallels between the wind and the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand it and be comfortable with the person of the Holy Spirit. Wind is unpredictable. It'll shift on you. It'll blow one way for a while, then another way for a while. It constantly moves and changes directions, and it can be frustrating. Especially, this is the thing we like the least about God, because we want God in our nice, neat little box. But can I tell you, God won't fit in your nice little box. He's too big for that. God likes to do things differently from time to time. He likes to change things up. And while a lot of us don't like this part about God, because we, we want this nice, predictable, orderly God in our little box, but listen, God loves to mix things up. You know why? Because then you'll worship the system and not the Savior. If he did it the same way, the same time, all the time, we would build a doctrine on how it's done, not by who it's done by. Not to worship the system, we're to worship the Savior. That's why when Moses met with God in the backside of the wilderness and this burning bush was, was burning with fire, but it wasn't being consumed, and God's voice spoke to him and said, go set my people free and go tell them this and tell the Pharaoh this. That's why when Moses went down to talk to the people, and you know that the people of God were down there, and they had been praying, and they'd been crying out to God, and there's no doubt in my mind other people down there said, you know, Moses, God has spoke to, uh, Moses, God has spoke to me. Yeah, what did he, how did he do that? Well, I had a dream one day. Oh, that's not God. Well, what do you mean it's not God, Moses? No, God only speaks through bushes. It was, it was, did you see a burning bush? Because obviously that's how God does it. It's not God unless he speaks through a burning bush. Listen, God did it differently because he doesn't want you and I to worship a system. He wants us to worship a savior. Because if God only spoke to us through burning bushes, you would come to the burning tree of life. That's what we would call it. So everybody come hear the voice of God at the burning tree of life. 
There's a story in the New Testament where a man brought his friend to Jesus to be healed. Man, he's my friend. You're blind. I know this healer. I've, I've, I've seen him. I've heard him. This is, here's a man who heals. He lays hands on people and they get healed. I'm going to take you to that man because I want him to lay hands on you and heal you. So he brings his friend to Jesus and the man walks up to Jesus and says, can you lay hands on my friend? And so Jesus looks at him and, and then all of a sudden Jesus kneels down in the dirt and spits on the dirt and makes some mud. I can only imagine what that man had told his friend. Listen, don't worry about it. You just stand there. He's going to lay hands on you and all of a sudden your sight's going to come back. No worries about it. Hey, it's not going to hurt. You know, I've seen it a hundred times. He just puts his hands on people and they're healed. Listen, don't worry. And so I can imagine when the man asked Jesus, you know why Jesus didn't lay hands? Jesus never laid hands on that man because the man asked him to lay hands on him. And so he knelt down in the dirt and he got some dirt and he spit and it made mud spit. Can you imagine the guy's like, what's he doing now? I, I can't see. What's he doing now? His friend's like, the guy, is he going to ha- lay hands on me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah, just be ready. Just be ready. It's coming. Just be ready. It's, it's coming. And then Jesus put mud in the guy's eyes and healed him. Why? So the man wouldn't worship a system, but would worship the Savior. So yes, he is unpredictable, but you have to trust him because he's not going to hurt you. He's not going to humiliate you. He's not going to embarrass you because he loves you. The overwhelming, unending love of God, the Ruach, the Numa. Look at what Jesus said in John 3, 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Oh, there are things that are predictable in our life and our belief system. There has to be who the Son of God is, the infallible Word of God. There's things that our belief system is based on that are unchangeable, but there's a lot of things that God chooses how He moves and works in our lives. But you have to trust Him. You have to trust Him. The wind, the breath of God. And this John 3, 8 is where it's translated in its actual definition. We have to trust him. So be careful putting God in a nice, neat little box so you can understand. Because systems are great, but systems don't change lives. And we need the presence of God, amen? So systems help us create environments for the presence of God to work, but we don't worship the system, we worship the Savior. Wind is powerful. Wind is powerful, we know that. It can generate electricity, it can sail a ship, and it can destroy a city. I remember my wife and I went to Joplin, Missouri after the tornado. Some good friends of ours, Joplin Worship Center, Pastor Dan Wormuth. You were so generous, we took some money to help with a relief effort. They drove us around and we were, there were no words to describe the devastation that we saw from the tornado. We'd never seen it, we couldn't imagine ever seeing anything like that, the power of the wind. Wind is powerful. Wind has a powerful nature. Listen, a lot of you are going through, you, through things right now that human power cannot fix. And we can't just relegate ourselves to what we can fix. It's really sad that people would distance themselves from the power of God because of some, someone's packaged it in a way that's turned us off or confused us or scared us. It's not what God intended. Don't be afraid of the power of God. Get close to, as close to the person of the Holy Spirit as you can. You'll experience his power. Acts 1.8 says this, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power, say power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit, when the pneuma of God comes on you, the breath of God comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I'm facing things, I'm facing things in my own life that human power cannot fix. 
You need the power of God. You need the breath of God, the wind of God, the pneuma, the ruach in your life. And for some of you here today, it's absolutely critical in your marriage, in your body, in your finances, in your job, in your kids, in your emotions, even in your Christianity that you get some fresh wind in your sails to lift you up and propel you into all that God has for you. And last one, wind is refreshing. Wind is refreshing. I drive a, a, a black car, it's an Avalon, I love it. It's a great car, but right now, it does not have AC. I know, I know. And it's hot, and I got leather seats. And sometimes my wife and my daughters won't let me drive their cars. I know, pray for me. And uh, so I go a lot of places where I sweat, and it's hot, and it's uncomfortable, and I don't care how what the weather's like outside. I don't care if I'm driving uh, 75 officers that are here. I do, yes, 70. Okay, I'm sorry, officers. Uh, I drive 70 on the highway. I will roll my window down because I need to be refreshed. I don't care if things in my car blow out the window and circle around like a mini tornado going around and flying receipts and candy wrappers and all kinds flying around. I don't care if I can't hear my radio. I don't care. I don't care if it's blowing my hair. I've not changed my hair. I drive with my windows out and my head out the window because I have no AC. And this is how it blew when I got here today. I'm just telling you. It's so hot in my car. I drive the windows down so I can be refreshed. I have a little buddy. His name is Joey. Joey is my dog. And he's a male dog, so we're very close because we're the only males in my home. And so when Joy and I need a little male bonding, we go for a ride. And uh, on the passenger side of the car, the window's down, and Joey sticks his head out. And on the driver's side, window's down, I stick my head out. And we kind of bond that way. And I now know why Joey does that. The wind is refreshing. You walk outside today, perhaps, and you'll feel the refreshing wind of God and how it just revives us and... The Holy Spirit wants to refresh you. The Holy Spirit wants for you to be refreshed. And listen to me. Listen, please. I hope I can explain this well or describe this well by the Holy Spirit. We need to get some fresh air. And, and, and as I was studying out, this rose, in my, this rose up in my spirit. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me. It's like, we all know that phrase. We're in a moment, like we've all said it. In a moment in time, we're like, hold on just a second. Hold on. Oh, just, okay, hold on a second. That's a, I'm a little overwhelmed right now. Hold on, I'm frustrated. Hold on, I don't, I'm a little hurt. Hold on, I, I just need to step out and get a breath of fresh air. Can I tell you when the enemy's after you, when you feel hot and sweaty, when you feel overwhelmed and when you feel that you can't go on any longer, you need to just take a time out and go get some fresh air. You need a little pneuma. You need a little ruach. And you need to see, you just need to say, come and breathe here. Come and breathe here. Holy Spirit, come and breathe here. I need a breath of fresh air. That's his job. That's what he does. That's his part in the Trinity. He wants to breathe his breath into your life. He wants to breathe his breath into your situation. How could we? Why would we not want that breath of fresh air hold on a second I just I need to I need to go get a breath of fresh air oh if we would just be mindful of that in moments and times before responding out of our hurt before responding out of our frustration before responding out of our confusion just to take a moment and spend a moment a minute a second with the Holy Spirit and allow him to refresh us and speak to us and then come bring an answer that he's given us a ruach a pneuma a breath of God's presence in our heart and our lives. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 says this, 
However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, because you can't see it and understand it, what no ear has heard, it doesn't make sense when it goes into your ears and then into the human mind has conceived. You'll never be able to understand the things God has prepared for those who love him because he's bigger than what you can see and understand. He's bigger than what you can hear and understand. He's bigger than your box. He's God. But these are the things God has revealed to us. How? By his spirit, by his pneuma, by his breath, the breath of air into our life, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Hold on a second, I need to go get a breath of fresh air because I don't understand what's going on right now. I don't understand what's happening in my life. I don't understand what, why, why God? And you never will and so you need to take those moments and go to God and ask, refresh me. Holy Spirit, breathe your breath on my life. I don't understand it. Just breathe life into my life. A breath of God, the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I want to say, go ahead and take a deep breath. Go ahead. You can trust him. Ephesians 4.30 says this. Don't grieve God. Listen, listen to this, listen to this. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. Well, how? I would never do that. I would never do that. How, how would I do that? His Holy Spirit, his breath moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Don't just walk away and say, I don't understand it, for, forget it. I, somebody else told me this, so forget it. Find out from yourself. It's not unbiblical to believe in the Holy Spirit. It's not undoctrinal to walk in a relationship with him. Don't break God's heart. Embrace the part of him that wants to breathe life into your life. And we cry out for so many things and we ask God for so many things and he will tell us it's found in the person of the Holy Spirit. Just take a moment and get a breath of fresh air. So how do you do that? Let go of your fears and misperceptions. Let go. Let go of those things, those things that you heard, those things that you saw on TV, those things that you saw other people do that aren't even in the scripture. Those aren't even based in the Bible. Just look at what the Bible has to say. He's not unbiblical. He's not outdated. He's not spooky. He's not weird. Everything he has for you is good. Proverbs 3, 5, message paraphrase says this. Trust God. Look at the first two words because we have a hard time in some things that we don't understand. But trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try and figure out everything on your own. If you can figure out God on your own, then you have relegated God to the size of your brain. And God is so much bigger than that. God is so much bigger than that. Can I tell you this? Trust God. He's not going to embarrass you or humiliate you. I don't want God making me do those crazy things. He's not going to make you do anything. I don't want to be in some kind of weird trance or running laps around, you know, or whatever. You won't. You won't. Number two, go all in. Go all in. Go all in. Can I tell you, in fact, it doesn't really work if you only do it halfway. It doesn't work like it should. God didn't go halfway. He didn't halfway kill Jesus. He didn't pay for half your sins. Go all in, you can trust him. And you know how we know the value of something? Because of the price that's paid. You were so valuable to God, he went all in paying this price of his son. And can I tell you, as much as I love you, and I'm probably on the top five, because I, I pray for all of you, I would not give my daughters for you. I'm sorry. But God, 
gave his son for each and every one of you. Go all in. Go all in, even with what you don't understand. Every, probably every day of my life as my dad was the pastor of this church for 15 years before he went on to heaven, I heard my dad pray this prayer every day. God, I want all that you have for me, even what I don't understand. I heard my dad say it a million times if I've heard him say it once in the 15 years. God, I want everything you got. Don't hold anything back. You can trust him. Go all in. Don't hold anything back from God. And part of our problem is that our frustrations is we're, we're compartmentalizing God. We're picking and choosing what we want, what we like. It doesn't work that way. You don't pick and choose. God wrote it the way he wrote it. It doesn't have to be changed. He wrote it right the first time. If it's in there, then follow it. Trust it. Trust him. Even if you don't understand it, trust him. God can be trusted. We can trust him with our eternity. Why don't we trust him with the things that we're walking out here on the earth? You can trust him with your finances. You can trust him with your marriage. You can trust him with your kids. You can trust him with your body. Go all in. Go all in. Let's take a look at Jeremiah. Look at what Jeremiah says. You will seek me and find me. Listen, here's a, this is a conditional statement. When you seek me with all your heart. when you seek me with all your heart. Not just when you're in trouble, not just when it, it works for you. It's all your heart. It's right there. So we need to go all in. And let me get on my soapbox for just a moment. How could we not? How could we not? It doesn't work the way it's supposed to unless we go all in. So I, I, I totally get this if your schedule's this way, but listen, honestly, most of our schedules aren't necessarily, we just don't, but coming once every three or four weeks. I'm on my pastor's soapbox for a minute and then I'll ask you to love me after this, but I remember even when I wasn't serving in this capacity, I was here almost every time the doors were open. I mean, if the Bible talks to me about getting in small groups and the dynamic of growing through relationships and stuff like that, then where's the group I can sign up for? Count me in. And if the Bible talks about that, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And, and there's no greater joy than serving. Where do I sign up? Where can I serve? Where do you need some help? Because I want, I want all that. And the Bible talks about bringing the, the tithe into the storehouse and God will open the window of heaven. God will take care of me. Where do I sign up? When do I give? Where do I give? Can I tell you, we need to go all in. We need to go all in. We can trust him. Here's what you'll discover. Your life will be changed for the good. And I, I wrote this statement down because I felt impressed to say this. The problem is you may never know how good it could be until you go all in. You never know. You never know what you're missing out on. He says, you don't really experience me fully until you seek me fully. Let I me mean, just challenge you for a second. I mean, I did this first service, I'm gonna challenge you. Pick a period of time. I, I'm so convinced that this is a 100% guarantee of the Bible. I'm so convinced of this fact that if you look at a calendar, you go home today with your spouse, with your family, by yourself, you look at a calendar, you pick a starting date, and then three months or six months down the road, you pick an ending date, and then you say, right here on this date, we're going all in. Everything we talk about in here, everything the Bible says, we're going all in. We're gonna do all of it from this date to this date. And then when you get to this date, then you look back and see, did God not honor his word? Did he not tell you the truth? Pick a date to start, pick a date to end, three months, six months, whatever that looks like. And then when you get to the end of that, you look back and see, did God not honor his word? Is he not who he says he is? Does he not do what he says he will do? He's God. 
Number three, develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. That's his role in your life. God the Father has a role, Jesus the Son has a role, the Holy Spirit has a role you need in your life. Second Corinthians 13, 14 message says this. This is a benediction prayer, prayer at the end of a passage of scripture. The amazing grace, I pray that the amazing grace of the master Jesus, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Look at each role, look at each function that Jesus saves us by his grace, that God, extravagant, overwhelming, unending, reckless love of God extended towards you and I, and then we have a friendship in the person and power of the Holy Spirit who is in us and with us. My heart, my hope was just to help us feel a little bit more comfortable with the person of the Holy Spirit so we can build a closer relationship. God the Father loves me, God the Son saves me, and God the Holy Spirit is with me. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and breathe in the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. My heart, my hope today, wrapping up the series, but in particular today, was to help us see and understand the picture that God has painted for everyone who's called him Savior and Lord. Of all the things from the the weeks leading up to today, this may have been the thing that kind of ties it all together because his presence is in us, his power is in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Don't be or don't have an incomplete picture of God. Oh, that we would go all in. Oh, that we would leave our fears and misperceptions aside. Oh, that we would develop an intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. We would see our life change. It begins with a relationship. I talked about the price, the value placed on something is, is, is shown by the price paid for it. That Jesus paid the price for your life and my life. Jesus gave his life for all of us. God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on your behalf so you wouldn't have to pay the price of sin, go through judgment. So on the chance there's one here today, this is the beginning that cannot remember a moment in time that you personally invited, intentionally invited Jesus to come in and be your savior and Lord, he responds to your invitation and today is your day. In just a moment, I'm gonna pray a commitment prayer. I'm not gonna have you stand, not gonna have you come up front. In fact, we're all gonna pray to prayer together, but you have a decision to make in your heart. And here's what's happening right now for you. The Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart because he is pointing you to Jesus. He's saying, embrace Christ. So if you're here today and you cannot remember a time that you intentionally, purposely extended the invitation, you may have been in church your whole life. Or maybe at grandma's one summer at a VBS that you went to stay with her and you want to be sure today and you'd say, Pastor, could you include me in that commitment prayer? The, I, the Holy Spirit is tugging on my heart. If that's you, and you'd say, Pastor, could you include me in that prayer? Let me see your hand this morning. Just put it up real quick. Just put it up. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Put it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Who else? Come on. Put it up. Put it up. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you in the back. God bless you. Who else? Thank you. God bless you. Proud of you. Proud of you. Holy Spirit's tugging. He doesn't want you to go another moment without him. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what, Pastor, I prayed that prayer, but it seems like he's a million miles away. Remember, he will be in you and with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. But sometimes we feel distance, and that's because we've made choices. We've gotten off track, off course, and we need to make a course adjustment, get back on track. We might say rededicate, recommit. If that's you this morning and you would say, I need to rededicate, recommit, could you include me in that? 
prayer, then let me just see your hand as well. Let me just see your hand this morning. Again, you'll have the Holy Spirit's tugging on you. Get back on track. Get back on track. Make that adjustment. God bless you. So many hands. Put your hands down. Everyone look up for a moment. As I said, we're going to pray a prayer of commitment. The power in the prayer. The Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you shall be saved. I want to ask everyone to pray this prayer with me. Repeat it after me. But mean it from the bottom of your heart. And when you do, the Holy Spirit does what only he can do. Change and transform me from the inside out. So let's all pray this prayer together. But let's mean it from our heart and allow God to be God this morning in our lives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe Jesus is your son, sent to the earth to die on a cross to pay for my sin and then go to a grave and rise again in victory. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. Thank you for paying for my sin. And thank you for rising again so I can be free. So Jesus, I ask you now, come into my heart, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Savior and Lord, now and forever. I receive you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is a good and faithful God. Amen. You can trust him. Trust him. Trust him with everything. Congratulations to those who prayed the prayer for the first time or to rededicate. God's got amazing, amazing things for you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.